0: Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Steve Oaken, we got a lot going on in the world today. <laughs> it is hard to know where to even start, but where do you want to start? You want to start in the U.S.? Sure, let's start in the U.S. Oh, man. And first of all, nice to see you again. It's been a little while since you've been here in the studio, so you've been traveling a lot. So we had Roger Stone being convicted of seven charges, seven counts. How important is that being one of, what, five or six, six now, Trump's associates that have been indicted and convicted?
1: Well, I think it shows that the rule of law is alive and well in the United States. Nobody is above the law, and that it takes time, but that the system of the U.S., our system of checks and balances, where you have three separate and distinct branches of the government, you know, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial, it works, and that it will take time, but eventually the United States is going to get back to the system where rule of law is paramount, respect for the law is paramount, and the U.S. will become what it once was. Of
0: course, the Stone supporters are saying, hey, these are just, you know, no pun, trumped up charges and blah, blah, blah. So you still have a strong degree of denial that any of these associates that were indicted and convicted was done so in a, not a legal way, but in a way that was actually appropriate.
1: Well, and and I think that goes back to, you know, Trump is not you know the cause of what we have in the United States now he is he is a mm. symptom and what has been building up over time with the US is you know rising in income inequality you know we have a rising tide in terms of the economy but it is not lifting all boats you have demographic changes where you have you know go back 50 years if you were you know a white male without a high school education you could easily be in the middle class your children would have a better life than you had you could take your vacations, go on holiday. That doesn't happen anymore. You really, and and so, but those people still exist, and they are angry, they are upset, they don't like the changes, and Trump speaks to them, and he spoke to them, and other government officials should have done that. They didn't recognize it, so you end up where we are today, and because we're there, that base of Trump will believe, you know, everything that he says and nothing that is bad said about him, but that base Very strong, but it's not very large. It's, you know, 30... 35 percent of the U.S. and everybody else, it's going to get caught up to them. So it got caught up to Roger Stone. It got caught up to Manafort. It got caught up to Flynn. It's going to catch up to others as we're seeing the impeachment hearings play out. I
0: was watching an interesting program uh, this week. Uh, CNN was following people who were watching the impeachment hearings, the public impeachment uh, portion of this. And uh, some traditional Trump supporters were, were there and they were basically they came up with the line of, yeah, he did what he did with Ukraine, but you know what? All presidents make deals like this, and and so this theme is clearly being recycled uh, throughout supporters of of the Trump administration. Based on your time in government, uh, I know it was uh, it was years ago, but uh, but you follow it closely and you're back in Washington often. Is that an is that an accurate thing to say? Because I think I think there is some belief that yeah, deal making happens all the time. And leverage is applied where leverage is possible, especially by the U.S. government toward lesser, smaller governments. Is that actually an appropriate – I'll use the word defense in air quotes.
1: And it really isn't. And it's very dangerous. And because in what you see the Democrats doing now and you see Pelosi now using the word bribery – before it was using a Latin phrase, quid pro quo. Was there a quid pro quo with the Ukraine? Most Americans you don't know or don't care about mm. what a quid pro quo is. Right. But they know bribery. Mm. They know bribery is illegal. It is in the Constitution as a basis for impeachment. And bribery under you know, U.S. law and certainly when the Constitution was drafted is corrupt abuse of power to obtain personal benefit and that is what the democrats are now focusing on and the american public may be better able to understand that as opposed to quid pro quo. And so you may see a change in, in, in this, people favoring in the strategy. impeachment. Yeah. Well, you've seen the change in strategy yeah. by the Democrats. What you haven't, what the Republicans don't have a strategy, yeah. because the president's not allowing them to have a strategy. You write the, the strategy, you know, going into the hearing with the former ambassador to Ukraine was to show that she was not a firsthand witness to anything. What does the president do? He tweets out an attack on her in the middle of the hearing, and then that becomes the focus for the hearing, and she becomes an even more sympathetic witness than she would have otherwise.
0: This is a good segue into this Marie Yovanovitch, right? Correct. Yep, the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, you know, an expert on Ukrainian matters. She was, you know, in there trying to fight the corruption and and all the different things that were going on. And as you mentioned, as she's testifying, Trump tweets, which immediately the Democrats came back and said, this is intimidating the witness, and that kind of thing. And so as we look at that exchange, it's pretty common, I think, to objectively say that the president tries to change the narrative whenever he can through his use of the tweet. And in large measure, media both left and right buy into it or fall into it and and allow it to happen. So in this particular case, do you think that that was an Was that intimidation by the president or was that just the new normal for what we expect from him?
1: Well, I mean, it is the normal from what we expect from him, and you always think that you're going to have a turning point. Everyone said when he, you know, during the campaign, he called Mexican rapists. Well, that was a turning point. It wasn't. Mm. During the campaign, he said McCain's not a war hero. Everybody said that's a turning point. It wasn't. You get to, you know, you get to, you know, the Charlottesville riots, and he said, well, there are people, good people on both sides of a a neo-Nazi rally. People said that was a turning point. It wasn't. Now this is witness intimidation when a witness is testifying and. A government official, right, is saying that she is a bad person. She is she is trouble. That is, you know, you're trying to intimidate a witness to say this is the pressure that's going to be put on you mm. for testifying. And you're not only intimidating this witness, you're intimidating potential future witnesses. Yeah. But is it any going to be any more of a turning point against Trump than, than we've had in the press? Probably not.
0: It was interesting because the president said, uh, everywhere Marie Yovanovitch went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in my second phone call with him, et cetera, et cetera. And then she replies, it's very intimidating. I can't speak to what the president is trying to do, but the effect is going to be intimidating. So that was the president speaking and then uh, Yovanovitch, former ambassador, replying.
1: Somalia has been a failed state for three decades. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah, woman, hardly her, hardly her this fault. woman is the cause of all the problems in
1: Somalia. Yeah. 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 Where do we go
0: from here with the uh, with the hearings? Are the hearings done? They, no. The Democrats have said they want to close or finish up the impeachment hearings process by Christmas.
1: Well, that, they're not done. I mean, yeah. we have got like at least five or six more witnesses coming next week. We may get more witnesses who are now going to defy the president and his order mm. not to. Meet with a, you know, not to to meet a congressional subpoena. And so now you're going to start getting witnesses in the Office of Management and Budget. Mm. And it was OMB that ordered that congressional aid that was, you know, supposed to go to the Ukraine to be withheld, you know, to be stopped. So you're going to get the, the story is going to get. You're going to fill in a lot of the blanks, right? So you're going to get OMB testifying as to why or who ordered the aid to get stopped after Congress had approved it. After Congress had appropriated that funds, and and then you are going to possibly get the big witness and the big question is John Bolton because Bolton, who is the National Security Advisor, he would have been access to a lot more meetings than anybody who has testified Mm. has been. And it's true those three witnesses who testified the foreign government, you know, the foreign service officers, you know, they were in the Ukraine or. they were at the State Department. Now you're going to get a senior White House official to potentially testify. That could be a blockbuster. How do we find out when, 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 or if that's going to happen? Well, it depends. So, so Bolton has, So Congress has said you need to testify. The president has said I'm not going to let you testify. So remember, we have the three separate branches right. of government. There is now a lawsuit in front of, uh, you know, in front of the courts. The question is how quickly will the courts have that happen? It could take weeks but that would have to really be fast-tracked it could take months it would probably go all the way to the supreme court Mm. and the question is are the democrats willing to allow the legal, the judicial process to play out, or are they going to impeach without Bolton's testimony? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of strategy still, still to go. Wow. Okay. And so this week, will any hearings be public this week? All of them. Yes. Um, well, you'll probably have both public and private hearings. And this is what's different, you know, from the Clinton hearings because in, in, in Clinton, you had an independent counsel, right, who is Ken Starr, who did all of the investigation behind closed doors. I happen to be a fact witness to, to one element of of whitewater. And so, you know, the independent counsel's office and prosecutors to to my office to interview me. And then all of that was done. And then it was given to the Congress. So you could go straight into the hearings. The Congress is having to do the investigation itself and you don't depose witnesses publicly you don't right. do you know grand juries publicly because you don't want witnesses to be able to know what one another are saying you want to make sure the stories are are, are not independent or yeah, yeah and that they're not corroborating with yeah. one another and so so congress is doing two things at the same time private hearings public, you know, private testimony, public hearings. So we're really in unprecedented grounds.
0: All right, Steve Oaken, thank you so much for that update on the U.S. impeachment process. Thank you. To listen to
1: more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.